from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. To get this show every day, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. You can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Then, whether you're driving to work, from work, or around town, all you have to do is get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Giants Baseball, and we'll be right there with you for the drive. For the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed, at Locked On NBA Net. It really is an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency on Twitter, at Locked On NBA Net. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk about this Giants 10-4 win over the Padres. Playing much better lately, the Giants offense has been on fire. A lot to get into. We'll talk about Tyler Beatty's very, very strong start. Some international signings yesterday. Marco Luciano just destroying the Arizona Rookie League in his pro debut. He hit two more home runs yesterday. So we're going to talk about him, talk about this game, and talk about the bigger picture for the Giants, who are starting to see some real positives already. So first, their record, they improved to 38-47. and They're still 19 games back in the National League West. That is still clearly not going to happen for them in the West this year. But they've won three in a row, and they improved their run differential to minus 72, which is still 14th out of 15 teams in the National League. But since June 1st, they're now 16-13 and with a plus 17 run differential. So they've definitely been playing much better, and I just kind of dug up some numbers here right before starting this show. And since June 1st, the Giants collectively, and this is a mistake that you see all the time, even in professional analysis, people want to compare a team, a team's offense to other teams around baseball, including the American League. If you're going to do that, you absolutely have to subtract pitchers from the equation and even then it's dangerous to compare certain numbers from one league to another because the AL has a literally a hitter in the lineup whose only job is to hit and the the NL doesn't get the advantage of having that and instead of having that they have a pitcher in the lineup so you just can't cross compare without removing pitchers so luckily on fan graphs you can look at offensive numbers and take pitchers out of the equation so that's what we're doing here since June 1st The Giants offense collectively actually has a 100 weighted runs created plus, meaning they've been roughly league average offensively. They're hitting 259 with a 324 on base and a 441 slugging. Specifically looking at the outfielders, this is the area where they have really struggled in recent seasons and even this season in the first couple of months. But since June 1st, Giants outfielders have a 104 weighted runs created plus. That's 10th in the National League, but they also have a 228 ISO, which is slugging minus batting average. It's a really good measure of power. And that 228 ISO is actually the fourth highest in the National League since June 1st, ahead of the Dodgers, for crying out loud. The other important thing to note about the fact that they've been much improved offensively and that the outfield has been much better is they're not doing it with you know, a 34-year-old Adam Jones who is not going to be part of the team next year. 
They're doing it with guys who they could keep if they want to keep. Even Kevin Pillar, who's like the veteran among the group, is still controllable via arbitration if they so chose to go that route. Tyler Austin is controllable pre-arbitration eligible. Mike Yastrzemski obviously is a rookie, so he's controllable and pre-arbitration eligible. Alex Dickerson is pre-arbitration eligible. So these are potential keepers for the Giants and longer-term pieces. I'm not saying they're necessarily going to be a part of the future, but the point is they could be if they continue to perform. And the Giants really didn't have to give up all that much to get any of these guys. They haven't really given up anyone of consequence, anyone who's really doing something, and they're reaping the benefits at the major league level. So all of that nonsense about how they don't have a discernible plan is just that. It's utter nonsense. It was that at the time. And it was just extremely disappointing to hear that from legitimate analysts who were spreading that nonsense onto fans. Anyway, last night, once again, with a lefty starting pitcher on the mound, the Giants had a bunch of right-handed hitters in there who have been thriving in platoon situations. Donovan Solano went three for six. Tyler Austin went 0 for 4, but again, represented a big threat and came up in some crucial situations. He did scald a couple of balls that found gloves. But then, of course, later in the game, when Austin's spot came up and they had brought in a righty on the mound, you just plug in Alex Dickerson. So those two are functioning as a platoon right now, and they've been a very effective one lately. Evan Longoria went four for five. He had two home runs. Kevin Pillar went four for five, hit a couple of doubles. Austin Slater, two more doubles last night, both into the opposite field gap. So in two games, he has two opposite field doubles, an opposite field triple, and a pulled long home run to left. Mike Yastrzemski came in when there was a righty, when it would have been Slater's spot, and Yastrzemski hit against the righty, again, a platoon, and Yastrzemski dumped in an RBI single to left. Joe Panic, left-handed batter, started against a lefty and went 0 for 4. That might have been like the one guy in the lineup you circle as the guy who is vulnerable because he's not very good against lefties and there was a lefty on the mound. He came up with the bases loaded and no outs, late in the game when they already had a big lead, and not surprisingly couldn't really get it done. I think he struck out. But let's just pay attention to lefty versus righty because that's totally what's fueling this offensive explosion right now. They suddenly have the pieces to be able to combat what the opponents are trying to do. Finally tonight, the Giants will face a right-handed pitcher, and so we're going to see a completely different lineup. I don't know if people just don't notice that that's when certain guys play and, and when certain guys sit on the bench, but... With a righty on the mound, I can guarantee you Tyler Austin is not going to be in there. Austin Slater, probably not going to be in there. You might see Sandoval get a start at third base. You might see Steven Vogt get the start at catcher. So all of a sudden, they've had all these righties in the lineup to face the the lefty starter the last couple of days. And then tonight, you're going to get a completely different looking lineup, possibly with Vogt, Belt, Panic, don't know if Crawford's able to play yet. He's still nursing a leg injury, so it might be Solano, but he'd probably bat eighth against the righty. And then Sandoval at third, Dickerson in left, Pilar still in center because Duggar is out, and Yastrzemski in right. So this is the solution. Maybe these aren't necessarily the players that are going to take you there, but they're a group that represents a real improvement because if you can take advantage and utilize guys only to their greatest strengths, You're just going to see massive improvement across the board. I mean, we talked yesterday on the show about Denard Spam, but literally like he was 40% below average against lefties with the Giants and they let him play against lefties every single night. And so you're talking about minus 40% production 
from that spot when he came up on average. And this, and so now if you can turn that into a guy who's like 10, 20% above average, it's just a huge upgrade. And that's kind of what we've been seeing lately. So much more to get into. We want to talk about Tyler Beattie, who threw seven strong, very strong innings in this game. Also want to talk about the Giants' international signings yesterday and Marco Luciano, who's just gone off in the Arizona Rookie League. So that's all coming up next, but first... Okay, so as promised, we'll talk more about this Giants' 10-4 to win. Things are looking up. Tyler Beattie pitched well. Arizona Rookie League, international signings. A lot to get into here in the second half. So Tyler Beattie went seven innings, did not walk a batter. That is the number that jumps off the page to me. He did strike out only four, but only one run allowed. It was a solo home run to Franmil Reyes. Four hits allowed in the game. No walks. That is a huge breakthrough for Tyler Beattie. The season numbers still aren't pretty. He's got an ERA around five and a half with peripherals to match, but it has everything to do with walks and homers. So if he can find a way to consistently walk fewer guys, He's never even had so few as one walk in a start this year, and he's thrown he's had three or more in seven of his ten outings, with a couple of those outings being in two innings of relief. So we saw what he can do last night when he's throwing strikes. It he makes it very tough on the opponents. He's got really quality pitches, a good fastball, good changeup, good curveball. So a very promising start for him and looking forward to seeing more of him. And in all likelihood, The Giants roster is going to be shaken up this month. You might see Madison Bumgarner traded, very likely. And then at that point, you're going to have Beattie in the rotation, Sean Anderson, who pitches tonight. And then I think we'll continue to see younger guys get a chance. Everything Zaidi has done with the outfield, too, is at some point liable to happen with the infield, possibly with the starting rotation, maybe with the bullpen once some guys get moved. Just bringing in guys who have a chance and an opportunity to be keepers in the long term at affordable prices. So Connor Menez, an in-house option, would probably be the first one if I had to guess. But it is just exciting to think about all the t- all the different guys they've been able to accumulate in the outfield who have some intrigue. Tyler Austin, Alex Dickerson, Mike Yastrzemski, Kevin Pillar. Eventually, we're going to see that everywhere throughout the roster. Right now, they're just stuck with some big contracts to the likes of... Longoria, Crawford, etc. I think at some point, if Joe Panic doesn't pick it up, they're probably going to have to search for someone else at second base with Solano, at least right now, functioning as just a platoon partner for either Panic or Crawford. But anyway, just positive vibes all around for the Giants. It is strange. The mainstream analysis has continued to be that they're unwatchable and that there's so many roster moves and Farhan Zaidi is like out of control with making roster moves. But The reality is they're actually middle of the road in terms of roster transactions as a team this year. So that is just a fake narrative. And a lot of the moves have just been 40-man roster moves as opposed to 25-man roster moves. And the goal is simply to improve the 40-man roster. I don't know what people wanted. They want him to not try to improve the 40-man roster. That's just, that doesn't make any sense at all. And then the other fact is they've not been unwatchable at all and that things have really turned around and they've been pretty good offensively. The outfield has been pretty good offensively and they're pl- they have a plus 17 run differential since June. They're three games over 500 during that span. So anyway, the Giants signed 25 international players yesterday, 13 from Venezuela, nine from the Dominican Republic, and one each from Colombia, Nicaragua, and Panama. One among the signees was on MLB Pipeline's top 30 international prospects list, and that was number 23, Esmerlin Vinicio. He's a 16-year-old left-handed pitcher from Venezuela. The Giants signed him for $800,000. 
They also reached a $1.2 million deal with 16-year-old shortstop from Venezuela, Iverson Arteaga, in a deal in the $800,000 range with Anthony Rodriguez, who's another 16-year-old shortstop from Venezuela. Little scouting report on Vinicio. He's known for having an advanced approach on the mound, sound mechanics, consistent strike thrower, and feel for the zone. He's a teenager who throws a fastball in the low 90s, and he has the makings of a plus breaking ball. He also shows enough of a solid changeup that projects as an uh, average major league pitch. Giants international scouting director Joe Salermo says there's a big upside for him with that breaking ball. Salermo says... Arteaga is extremely athletic, fast runner, easy swing, quick hands. Father was a professional basketball player, so he's from an athletic family. So yeah, we'll continue to monitor these guys' progress as they enter professional baseball with the Giants. Meanwhile, Marco Luciano just continues to tear up the Arizona Rookie League. He had two more home runs yesterday. He has six homers already in 12 games, and he's 17 years old, and this is his professional debut. So Very easy to dream on Marco Luciano right now, just absolutely torching the Arizona Rookie League. He's got a sky-high ceiling, and this is just great to see from him. He's someone who could definitely jump into the top 100 prospect list for sure if he keeps this up and continues to develop. Another guy who torched the Rookie League was outfielder Alexander Canario. Was doing so well that he got promoted to low A Salem Kaiser. Canario hit seven home runs in 10 games and was promoted. So easy to dream on these two teenagers, and we'll we'll continue to talk about them more as the season goes on. We'll also continue to talk about any and all other Giants prospects, Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, etc. So again, coming up tonight, the Giants will take on the Padres in the last game of this three-game series, Giants going for the sweep. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow talking about this game, and then on Friday... We'd like to do some Q&A because the Giants will be off on Thursday. So look for on Twitter at Cove underscore cast. We'll, we'll prompt up another Q&A that we'll get to on Friday. Remember, to get this show every day, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. You can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Sean Anderson on the mound for the Giants tonight. Can't wait to be with you tomorrow to talk about this game. And until then, we'll see you next time. 